This is Jackets Debrief, a show about the Columbus Blue Jackets, the National Hockey League, and part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Good evening, folks. Welcome to the show. Do you ever have days that you're just not really excited for, where you're not really feeling happy about what's about to happen, like like this cat right here is feeling, <laughs> or like I'm feeling about the fact that tonight's soda is buffalo wing soda? <laughs> if you ever have a sports night you're not excited about, I know how to fix that. Get your team on DraftKings. Go to DraftKings, pick your team, pick your lineup, show your amazing, adept knowledge of sports, win big cash prizes. DraftKings fed out over $7 billion to users across all uh, all sports. Making a lineup on DraftKings has excitement to every night and is simple to do. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there's no better place to get in on all the action. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using code THPN. New users will get a free entry at their first deposit. That's code THPN to get... <laughs> no, she's excited about DraftKings! You're okay. So Are you excited about DraftKings Midnight? Oh, yeah. So excited that she gets two. All right. That's good. THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Are you happy now, Midnight? I'm talking to a cat if you're not watching the video version. Otherwise, you might wonder what I'm doing. Right now, there's a cat that's being nuzzled by a small child. And... Hey, I'm 10. I'm not small. Oh, dear heavens. Okay, I think oh, she's going to go now. She's going to kill us. And there she goes. Ah! All right. Time for Buffalo Wing Soda. No, why would you do that? Because this is what this is the best part. Trying sodas that I've never tried and regretting it. No. So being a sports fan's all about being a sports fan again. Oh, it doesn't smell good. Being a sports fan. It's not about when you get to win. It's about being miserable with other people. That's what drinking buffalo wing soda will do. <laughs> oh. oh, no. Oh, that does not smell good, folks. I think oh. I can smell it from here. I don't That's know. not great. <laughs> it's fine. Okay. You ready, kid? You ever get that like smell that you taste? I got that. Oh, it's just unpleasant. Oh. Like it's not. Oh, it's got the after flavor above. Oh, oh, the after flavor is so bad. No. It, oh I, no. Oh no! I can feel it in my neck. No. Oh, oh no! Why? No. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so terrible. Oh. Oh boy. Okay, so I think it's pretty easy to say. Oh. This is my opinion. Hold on, I got to get another sip. I got to get another sip just no, to be sure. Keep away from me. Here, I'll let you out. Uh, all right. So, oh, oh, the aftertaste is really what gets you on that. That is. Uh. Which do you think's worse, peanut butter and jelly 
whatever that was. So this, this this is what I'll say. If you're just drinking the, if you're just going by the flavor, the peanut butter and jelly flavor was worse. But this aftertaste, like I still have it there, that's horrible. Oh, that's such a bad experience. Oh my, Blech. not good. Nobody wants that in their lives. All right, kid. What are the trivia questions for tonight? Questions about hockey stuff and more stuff. Questions about hockey stuff. Perfect. Perfect. Which expansion team of the six added? In the 1967-68 season, took the fewest number of years to win the Stanley Cup. All right, let me think about this, because of the big expansion teams. Obviously, it's not the Blues, because the Blues took a while. Um, The Penguins are part... The Flyers. It's the Flyers. I know, I know the Blues. There's the music notes. The the Blues are the music notes. Flyers. The answer is the Flyers. Look, give me the answer. Oh, yeah. I forgot. I forgot about that. Um, Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah, I'm right on that. All right, what's the next question? Including, excluding black and white, what is the most popular major color used for NHL uniform? Blue. That's probably right. Yes. Yeah. Blue is most popular and featured by 11 teams. Red is second and featured by 10 teams. Um, which double numbers, 11, 22, 33, 44, 55, 66, 77, 88, 99, have been retired by at least one team? Well, everybody's retired 99. Um, honestly, after that, I'm not sure. The numbers, 11, um, 22, 33, 66, 77, and 99 have been retired. 66 would have been Lemieux. Leasest one team. By at least one team? No, no, no. Leasest. By at least one team. Leasest. Yeah, that is a typo, isn't it? L E S A S T. Leasest. No, it's. They mistyped. That's a, that's a typo. That should oh. be leased. All right. Thanks for coming on the show, kid. Oh, dear heavens. That was the worst. No, I don't want to bring it with me. Take it. Take no. it and drink it all. Here. Take it. Take the soda. I'm ah. away if, you, if you're not watching the video version. Get out. All right, folks. So, uh, Blue Jackets. Um, we beat the Red Wings. Yay! I guess that was... I mean, it's good. Um, the, the thing I said after that game was... I mean, the Blue Jackets just... That was a game they just dominated from beginning to end. Um, they had higher shot share. They had higher expected goals for percentage. They just they just ran rough shot over the Red Wings, which I, I know if I say... As I say that, some people will be like, oh, the Red Wings are bad. They, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, you want to win more than... <laughs> it's better than if they'd lost it. And the other side of that being... You know, you, you want to look good against bad teams. Um, you got to beat bad teams before you can beat good teams, really. So I, I, I'm not too worried about the fact that they, uh, you know, that they had that. I mean, I mean, you won. Who, who? I mean, a four-one win, where you just, you know, run rough shot over the other team. Who's going to complain about that? Uh, I, I'm not. I mean, expected goals four into the 80s. 
that's ridiculous. Uh, that's 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 quite incredible. So now, does it mean anything? I don't know. I, I mean, there's there's a in their last four games, which against again Blackhawks, Predators, Red Wings, it's kind of the bottom of the division. Three of their last four games, they've had the higher expected goals for than their opponent. Does that mean anything? I don't know. Probably not. I'm not too. It's it's tough to know with this team at this point what's going to happen. Um, it's really tough to know. So I'm not going to sit here and worry about it too much on some of those things. Playoff odds. The Blue Jacks are down to a 9% chance at the playoffs. Uh, not a lot of teams worse than them at this point. Ottawa's at a 5.6. Buffalo's at a 5.4. Detroit's a 1.1. Vancouver's right there with Columbus at a 9. Anaheim's at a 9.2. This is this is based on Money Puck's predictions. Oh, I think I just had a burp with the Buffalo soda, and that is not it's not something you ever want to experience. For those of you who are curious as to what's going on, there's a little there's a little cool candy shop in town here, and they have these sodas. Uh and, and the, the particular line of Lester's fixins are the ones where they're just horrible flavors. So yikes. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, so that's where that is. The, uh, Blue Jackets, I mean, it's not like it helped them out that much winning. I mean, it would have been better obviously than losing. Um, but there's, there's a long way to go. Uh, I mean, as far as the standings go, if we look at points percentage, the Blue Jackets, they're, I mean, they're back into, into fifth, but the problem is they've played 24 games. Chicago played 23. And the Blue Jackets are under 500. They got 23 points. They're a .479. Chicago with 23 games played is at 28 points, so a .609. And what's really going to be hard for Columbus is they played most of their games against Chicago. There's not a chance there to really get past them again. Uh, I mean, other than they just maybe they start losing and Columbus starts winning. And I mean, the, the, the reality of it is, in a weird season like this, Chicago in their last 10 is 7-3. If we hit a stretch where Chicago goes on a losing streak and Columbus starts going hot, I mean, they could turn this around maybe, but so far this season, nothing Columbus has shown you makes you think, oh, they're going to turn this around. They're going to be good. They're going to figure this out and and just jump right back into things. So that's that, that's where that stands currently here. So I'm going to uh, jump to a word from our, uh, our network here, uh, and I'll be right back to you guys in just a minute. my brother Mike. He's my brother Matt. And we are the brothers of discussion hosting Red Wings Rant, where tirades and impassioned pleas about your Detroit Red Wings finally have a vote. In a season mired in tragedy and despair, we are here to be your audible Earl Grey, to bring joy, placidity, and perspective to one of the roughest eras of Red Wing history. Ah! We honor the past, find the positives in the present. I swear they're there. And paint the picture of what's to come in the Winged Wheels future. Paul Woods here on the radio broadcast of your Detroit Red Wings. And I'm going to play games like, who's that? Who's that come on. Where Matt has to try and guess quotes pulled right out of context for Jeff Blashell. And we got to figure out who that Red Wing is. <laughs> Every episode, we put ourselves in the legendary shoes of Steve Iserman. And play Be the GM. Finding ways to ice a competitive team while accumulating assets for the franchise's future. We also shoot the breeze. Some of the great local and national voices in Red Wings hockey, including Ken Kell and Keith Gave, 
and Greg Wachinski and Ryan Lambert. Check us out every Monday and Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else you listen to podcasts. And check us out live every Wednesday and Sunday for Red Wings reactions and live conversations with you on our YouTube channel, The Brothers of Discussion. Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, so I just saw something that I thought was really funny. Just just scrolling through things, making sure I don't miss any real headlines while the show's going on here. Um, and it was funny. Uh, I, I oh oh no, I just refreshed. Uh, oh, here it is. Okay, so the penguins apparently. Um, this is apparently first reported uh, by Taylor Haas. Uh, she's a reporter for uh, DK Sports in Pittsburgh there. that The Penguins did a tweet <laughs> at 7.44 p.m. And it's this thing says, we had to say this again. Thanks for the continued support. Penguins fans, we can't wait to see you tomorrow night. And it's got a picture of some fans up in the stands wearing masks, you know, the limited amounts that are allowed back in, uh, wearing, it's got a quote from their coach. But what's funny is somebody recognized that it was a Getty photo and the, the original version of the Getty photo, most of the people are wearing the masks just fine. But you got one person, you know, they're wearing the chin guard, and you got another person where it's kind of down and their nose is out. And then from the original photo, there's a woman who just doesn't have one on at all, and she's kind of been cut out of the photo by the way they, they cropped it. But on the version they tweeted, everybody's wearing masks the right way. So it's just this weird moment that that they hit this weird moment of, of the turmoil I, I enjoyed hearing about it was pandemic theater this whole uh oh we gotta make sure everybody's doing this thing i mean you're already going to a hockey game and drinking beers and eating hot dogs around people i mean the idea that they're like oh no we gotta make sure everybody looks like they're wearing their masks just fine i i don't i uh that's so strange to me but i i weird anyway uh, big story of the week uh, was the vote of confidence. Other than obviously getting a four-one win, which was huge. Um, actually, let's go. Let's go into the win a little bit here. Uh, it was nice to see a night where everybody just looked on. Um, the big things were like after that game, you look at the at the shot map and the Blue Jackets heavily. At five on five, had a lot of shots right in around goal. Um, the the power play, even though it was, I don't know something there. Uh, the power play got a got a goal, uh, even though it wasn't Patrick Line. They they looked good. They looked like they were getting. I mean, it was just a game where they looked like they were better than the other team, which is not something we've had a whole lot of. Uh, I mean, it was a night where. I mean, Zach Wierenski was dominant. He was at 80%. Our, our worst players as far as Corsi 4 percentage was Nick Felino at a 46.15 and Bjorkstrand, surprisingly, at a 45.83. Everybody else was at 50 or higher. Uh, the big one is that expected goals 4%. Everyone was over 50. And, I mean, and that happens. The lowest one was Bjorkstrand at 55.32. That's what happens on a night when the team's at 80%. I mean, Texier was at a 92.1%, which, which kind of... I heard them talk about this on the broadcast, talking about how all Texia needs to get going again. I think I think a lot of this, 
a lot of the and and we'll kind of dive into a little bit and going into the beginning of our stuff. You know what? Let's just jump to the big story, which was Yarmo Kekalainen and his vote of confidence for for John Tortorella. And this was a big deal on Tuesday. Uh, I saw some people on Twitter just losing their minds and talking about how this was the end of the franchise or how oh they just. I, somebody said something ridiculous along the lines of Yarmo just doesn't have the guts to to fire in midseason. He's ba- making him bigger than the team. No. First of all, after the way Yarmo Kiklan has managed this team, to think that he doesn't have the guts to do something is ridiculous to me. That's that that's just that flies in the face of everything else he's done. And 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 this is where the Tortorella stuff gets weird because. Okay. In Blue Jackets land, we've got a couple of different things. We have got fans who love Tortorella forever. He is the most successful coach the team has ever had. So you will have fans who, if the team fires Tortorella and two coaches from now, they win a Stanley Cup, someone will say, well, if they'd kept Tortorella, they would have won two. There will be those fans. We have some fans who have never liked John Tortorella. Um, They... Uh, they, no matter what he has done, whatever the team has succeeded, they have succeeded in spite of John Tortorella. Whenever they have failed, they have failed because of John Tortorella. I don't think either one of those is true. I think John Tortorella is a great coach for the time he was hired into the team. I am still strongly of the opinion that I think it's time to move on from him. I just, I just, I think the team's in a different place. I think whatever he's saying just isn't working um, as evidenced by what we've seen on the ice. Now, um, so they have the, uh, big press conference on Tuesday, or mostly it's, it's a, it's a video call. Um, the big thing Yarmo says is we've gone to slumps before this coaching staff's done great for us. You know, essentially that they, they'll, they'll coach us out of the slump. This is my viewpoint on where we're at with the coaching situation right now. I, I've never really expected John Torella to be fired in season. I just don't think it's going to happen. Uh, one reason his contract's up at the end of the season. So why fire him? I mean, I mean, if, if you're the, the, I mean, the season it's up. So you wouldn't at that point, you know, you're moving on from him. You're going to a new coach. You're not wasting any dollars. The team has to spend, which to be clear, what I understand about this, how this team's function, I, the way I have seen it based pretty much entirely on how I've seen the team operate over the years is, it seems they're given a budget from ownership and it's the the job of hockey ops to just make sure they stay in that budget. Now, I think this team can spend to the cap. I don't think there's an issue with that. Now, if you're talking about playing around with a lot of LTIR and taking on salary here for some reason or something else, I don't know if they have that kind of clearance. I think management kind of incorporates, ownership kind of incorporates the cap number into what they want to spend. So my guess is that firing a coach just to hire another coach midseason when you're paying two coaches comes out of that, you know, kind of the budget they have to run the hockey team. Now, I'm not saying that would mean they'd have less money to pay players. I'm just saying, you know, maybe it's it's that decision. You know, Yarmo's looking at that on his market is not marketing budget, like his scouting budget. I don't know. These are just ideas I have. Now, here's the other reason why firing John Torello right now just doesn't I, I get why you wouldn't do it. And, and I the and the this is going to sound weird and hollow because it's the number one thing you see on Facebook whenever somebody mentions in the Facebook Blue Jackets group fire John Tortorella. It's like, well, who are you going to replace him with? Well, there's 
many coaches around hockey that I don't know well. I don't watch all the OHL games or all the, you know, Liga games, or I don't, or, you know, the game, you know, Swiss Elite League. I don't watch all the AHL games. I'm not sure which one of those coaches is ready to move up, but I, I would, I, I would think it's normal that every NHL team, even NHL teams that are totally happy with their coaches, probably at any given time, every GM in the league has a short list of five, five to 10 people who they think if I needed to hire someone tomorrow, these are the kind of people I'd look at. Here's the thing. When you're in the middle of a season, it's entirely possible. You look at that list and all those guys currently have jobs somewhere else. And, and I, I, I think I mentioned this. I think I mentioned it maybe on a little Instagram video I did or something, but let's let's throw a situation out there. Yarma Kekalainen fires John Tortorella. Let's say Brad Larson, just to throw a name. I mean, Shaw could do it too, but let's just say it's Brad Larson gets the head coaching gig. Let's say the team goes on a tear and Chicago falls apart. And Columbus gets into the playoffs. They sneak in and they have a rousing uh, six-game series against the Lightning and lose. There's going to be a lot of pressure for Brad Larson to be the head coach. And maybe Yarmo's looking at this and going, I've got two or three guys that I really want to talk to about being my head coach, and Brad Larson's not one of them. That's entirely possible. So, but but they, you know, I couldn't hire them at the time because they were coaching other places. I can't go talk to them in there during their season. So if you're, and, and even if you're Yarmo, you look at the situation and go, you know what? We've had losing streaks before and Torts has taken us out of it. If we're going to win this season, we're going to win with Torts. If we're going to lose, we're going to lose with Torts. And then if I decide to make a change, I'll do it in the off season when I have time to go talk to all the people I want to talk to. Now, the one thing that would shoot this, this theory all to crap is if the season ends, they fire Tortorella and they promote Brad Larson, the head coach, uh, without without having a bunch of other interviews. Which I again, I've I've, I've gone on uh, said before. My opinion is I I would not be shocked. I would at this point I'd almost be kind of surprised if the next head coach of the Blue Jackets, if they move on from Torts in the off season, isn't a European based coach or a coach who has built most of their reputation in Europe, uh, just because that seems to be what Yarmo's done. He knows those people. He uh, has a lot of he sees a lot of value in what uh, you know European leagues and players are doing in the game. So that would be my my guess. Now, the other part of that call that Yarmo did that I want to talk about, and this kind of speaks to that I think Yarmo's doing the dance right now. Of here's the thing: I, I honestly think Yarmo sees the writing on the wall that this is towards last year, but. I think Yarmo knows all the reasons for not making a midseason change and thus is just just walking around it for now. He was that he talked about center depth and that this team needs more more quality at center. Okay, so I get that Pierre Luc Dubois asked for the trade, and that was a crazy situation. I don't think anybody really saw that coming, and it happens. Some people might blame Torts for that. I, I don't know how true that is. I don't know if we'll ever know how true or not that is. By everybody involved in the situation, everyone involved has said, no, that's not what happened. That's not why I, why Dubois wanted to leave. And we'll, uh, for now, all I can really do is take them at their word, especially since both Dubois and the organization are saying it. I'll take them at their word. Now, talking about the center depth. Um, here's where Yarmo Kekalainen, because he's talking about, yeah, we need to get more, we need to get better at center. 
so you traded for Max Domi, who I'm assuming Yarmo did that thinking Domi can at least be a good second line center. From what we understand, Jack Roslovic, Yarmo believes can be maybe not a first line center, but I, I think it's been on record that, you know, he said, we think he's better than like a third line or like that he's a top six center. You've got Alexander Texier, who last season played a lot of top six minutes. Those are three young centers. Now, maybe it's something where you're almost saying, you know what, I think they will all be great, but they need to develop. Although Domi, making that argument with Domi is difficult at this point. Domi is uh, a bit older than the others there. Um, Double-checking real quick. Yeah, Domi's 26. Uh, Roslovic's 24. Texier is 21. So, I mean, if, if you're thinking in terms of the older you are, the more you're kind of realizing your game. I mean, Domi's getting to that point where he should be. I mean, he's only a year younger than Boone Jenner. Man, that's a weird thing to think. Jeez, that's hard. The idea that Boone Jenner's, Boone Jenner's 27. He feels like he's one of those like 40-year-old guys out there throwing his body around his hand and playing rough minutes. Um, yeah, Nick Foligno is 33. If I, if you don't ask me to guess if, if Boone Jenner was closer in age to Max Domi or Boone Jenner or, uh, Max Domi or Nick Foligno, I would have definitely said Nick Foligno. Um, but that's the thing. And then you've got Kevin Sunland as well. So when Yarmo talks about the team needing to get better at center, and I'm not trying to play a gotcha game. I'm just trying to understand things because it feels like then we're looking at a situation of, okay, is he looking at this and saying, you know what? I didn't give the, t- I haven't put together a team that I think can actually win. Is it, I thought they could when I put it together, but now I'm not sure. Or in the back of his head, is there that question of, I, I don't know if the coaching is doing what we needed to do. And it's just, you know, the, the other reasons for not changing a coach right now still apply. But that's that's what it feels like there. Um, that's that's a big part in my mind of what what he should be looking at. Uh, so I'm just curious. I, in my mind, what the Blue Jackets have right now, I think they have between either Roslovic or Texier, I think they have a center on the roster who can work as your number one center. Um, now, this isn't me saying anything ridiculous like, oh, these guys are, oh, this this is your number one franchise guy. This is your Austin Matthews. No, none of these guys are that good. They're just not. None of them are that good. Not, not close. But you don't necessarily need that dynamite, you know, incredible guy who's going to get pot you 40 as a first line center to, to be the, the, the number one guy and, and still win this league. So now there, there's been talk about, you know, what was that? I think 31 thoughts. Elliot Friedman mentioned that he thinks the blue Jacks are going to make a move for a center. I don't know who you got in cat. I mean, unless you're going to do something ridiculous and go get Jack Eichel somehow, I, I don't know what you do. Um, and, and I mean, it, if the Blue Jacks could pull it off, I would be more than happy. I would be ecstatic. I mean, to get, you know, five years of Jack Eichel in his prime, that'd be amazing. Now, can the can you keep enough of the rest of the team together to make it worth it? I hope so. Um, 
I mean, he's got a $10 million cap hit. You don't have that space. You'd have to move people. But there's not untouchables for me when it comes to Jack Eichel. I, I see, you see people doing this on Twitter all the time. Oh, well, if the Sens traded for Jack Eichel, that'd be fine. But no Tim Stutzler and no, uh, no, Bray, no Chuck and no, uh, no, uh, none of these players. So they can have, you know, the. I don't know, 11th and 10th best prospects the Ottawa Center to have in a third-round pick or something. I don't know what these people are talking about. If I'm the Blue Jackets, I'm going to... And I, if I'm going to trade for Jack Eichel... Now, first of all, you have that conversation with, with, with the Sabres about what is it you want out of this. Are you saying, hey, we're hitting a reset button, we're going to get significantly younger and and be building towards the future? Because honestly, that's what you're doing if you're trading Jack Eichel. Because that, that, that Sabres team, there's no player you're going to get back that's going to give you more value than Jack Eichel. Um, and there's talk that if they trade Eichel, they want to trade Skinner too, which that's rough to move $19 million in salary in one deal. But it would act as a reset for the Sabres if the things coming back were right. And, and I was going through it in my head. And... I I think I'd be willing to do like a like a five player deal to get to get him. Um, I think he'd move. I would start with uh, Warinsky. Um, and then if you're looking at some of your, you know, Warinsky, maybe Foodie, and and I know some people are hearing this and like, oh, those are some of our best guys. Yeah, that's what it's going to take. Uh, Wierenski, Foodie, maybe Daniil Tarasov to give them a goalie. And we're going younger, too. That's the thing. You're going younger because if that team's thinking of a reset, you're giving them all players that are going to be good here in the next couple of years. And they still have a long-term deal this sign they can sign with Wierenski. So they've still got him under team control. So it would be Wierenski, Foodie. Um, oh, who did I, I say in goal there? Uh, Daniil Tarasov. Um, so I'd give you should a three. And then I'd probably give them a first, maybe two firsts. I mean, if that gets the deal done, if that gets you Jack Eichel to throw on this team, and Zach Rinsky would hurt. Losing Zach Rinsky would hurt. I'm not going to sit here and lie and be like, oh, no, we're going to be fine without Zach Rinsky. That would suck. But if you're getting a, a bona fide superstar center, I mean, you do it. Now, I mean, is it going to be more than those five pieces? I don't know. Maybe. Or the Sabres are going to ask you to take back more? Maybe. Now, the advantage of the Sabres ask you to take back more is that because that's a $9 million deal over seasons, first of all, if you bring in Jeff Skinner and line him up on Eichel's wing, he's going to, he's going to probably hit 30 goals again. So maybe you just do that. Um, you just make that the plan and then have the rest of your team go from there. But, uh, you know, you, at least then you would have a chance. I mean, there's only – the only two things I probably tell the Sabres if I'm making the trade is – and even then, these are negotiable depending on what they're going to give me – is I can't give you both Jones and Wierenski. Jones, by the way, my goodness, the last few games, anyone else noticed, especially last night? And again, maybe maybe it's the fact that you were just beating up on the Red Wings, but he was activating all over the place. Seeing Jones going behind the goal, that was awesome. And that's the kind of thing that I feel like maybe they've been missing. 
uh, as far as trying to drive play is those those defensemen really going after it. So maybe that'll help. But the, yeah, the two conditions I'd put on it is I really wouldn't want to give you both Jones and Wierenski. And I'd be real on giving you Bjorkstrand, which I don't think would be a big problem because if you're trading away 24-year-old Jack Eichel, it's not like you're doing it to trade for 25-year-old Oliver Bjorkstrand and now you're going to build around him. That's not what That wouldn't be what they were doing. They would be doing it to get a substantial amount of prospects and pieces. Because honestly, if you traded them Zach Wierenski, a 20 23. Buffalo could turn around and trade him for another first. I mean, this team could load up on first if that's what they wanted to do. Now, will they do it? I, I probably wouldn't if I were them because once you trade that Jack Eichel, you're spending forever looking for the next Jack Eichel. So that'd be my viewpoint on it. It, it wouldn't be a move that I would be quick to want to do. Um, so where we're at at this point, Blue Jacket schedule coming down. Um, Tomorrow we got Dallas. Saturday we got Dallas. Tomorrow being Thursday, folks. So today, if you, when you're listening to the show, uh, Saturday we got Dallas. The next Tuesday, the Panthers. The day after that, the next Thursday, the Panthers. And then another couple against Dallas. I mean, it, we're hitting the part of the schedule where things are going to start getting hard. A lot of Panthers, a lot of lightning. Now we've got, yeah, I, I was talking about before and I said by the Ides of March, we'd have a good idea where this team is. That's six more games. Um, we'll see. I, I don't know if this team's making the playoffs this year, and that's part of the reason also training for a player like Jack Eichel doesn't make a lot of sense right now. Well, I mean, you know, you'd have him for five more years, so if you think you can turn this around quick, maybe not. But that's my view on it this way. So uh, we'll talk to you again soon here, folks, after a couple of bouts with the Stars, um, see where the team stands after that. So Thank you very much for watching, listening, all that. Uh, please like, subscribe, do whatever, read it, rate us, all that stuff. Tell folks. Thank you very much, and go Jackets. Please subscribe to the show. Follow us on Twitter at Jackets Debrief, and thank you for listening.